welcome back to the Motivation Station. This time, we're going to take you back about two and a half years. Back to a time when myself and the other host, Ned Newhouse, were helping Darby out with a graduate project at Columbia University. I like to think we gave her an A-plus project. We'll let you decide. Enjoy, and I hope you're having a great day. The following interview involves three people, but one wishes to remain anonymous, so we have redacted her personal and locational information. Please understand that and enjoy the show. My name is Darby Schlosser, a graduate student in the Department of Biobehavioral Sciences and a person who is passionate about the power of movement as a driving force to inspire transformation. There is a small subset of people with Parkinson's throughout the world who also train others with Parkinson's disease. From a transformative learning perspective, this is quite powerful. Three of these individuals have provided us with an inside perspective on the challenges they experienced with their own disorienting dilemma, how exercise along with a training mindset has kept them ahead of their disease trajectory. And they will also share some of the struggles they have faced with implementing change in others. This is a video of Nate, Ned, and Matt, who come from different parts of the globe, all with the same goal in common, to keep living well with Parkinson's disease. All three of them were recipients of the Parkinson's Foundation Community Grant. Ned runs a rock steady boxing program in Illinois. Matt runs a Parkinson's sport boxing program in the Netherlands. She is also Nate's first client, and he is currently teaching her white belt karate forms. They each had to embark upon a new journey following the disorienting dilemma of a Parkinson's diagnosis. And now they are inspiring others to follow in their footsteps. I was really young uh, and immature at the time. And my, my path was in public service and doing a role where I was speaking and having to think quickly on my feet. Um, and uh, I, I was struggle, struggling with it uh, and depression and things like that um, set in. And it's, you know, it was di disorienting in the way that I, uh, in, a, in a way that I, I, I just couldn't fulfill the, the role that I had planned for myself up until that point in life. And I was, I was lost, young, immature, uh, stupid in a lot of ways. And um, I guess that, that's when I, when, I, when I hear the word disorienting, I, I I, that hits with me. It hits home because that's exactly what I was, was disoriented by the diagnosis. Um, but I, I faked really well. Um, I, I faked really well with my family, uh, you know, educating myself. Uh, I always knew more than they did about it because I studied so much, you know, but I, I wasn't listening a lot of times to what they were saying, which I should have back then. Um, I was disoriented. <laughs> it's a great yeah. word for it. Yeah, I think it's a great word. Um, my story is somewhat similar in that, you know, I wasn't nearly as young as you were, but I was in my mid forties and uh, everything had always been not easy, but things were always, I was always able to take care of them. You know, I did well in school. I did well at work. I, I had things going on and here I was in a senior level financial position in a big company and uh, I was shaking. And uh, it just knocked my uh, confidence level off because I felt like if people think I'm nervous, it doesn't lend any credibility to what I'm saying. And I, at that point, I'm thinking people even noticed, but it was so much on my mind. It's just like everything just stopped. And I became uh, extremely anxious and borderline depressed. And fortunately, I read enough to know that depression was a, a real 
issue with Parkinson's. So um, we fought hard to find a therapist to talk to me because I had insurance issues with that. or actually had hospital issues with that. And um, but anyway, long story short, the woman I got uh, set up with, her mom had been diagnosed with an atypical form of Parkinson's the week before. It was just meant to be. So we kind of learned about Parkinson's together and she helped me realize I'm still me. And, uh, you know, I made a big decision about a year and a half later to uh, leave my job and uh, focus on my health. And um, that's been great. Uh, that, that's where the reorientation took place was on the, the day I, I retired and left the office. The rest of my life began. And up to that point, I was just spinning in circles. It was, it was brutal. To be honest, um, Parkinson's was um, complete shock, completely out of the out of the blue. I had just turned forty seven, and I didn't see it coming at all because I am the person who never is never ill, was never sick, who's not going to be like these elderly people of my youth who were talking about all sorts of health misery. And I thought, yeah. I'm sure I'm not ever ever going to be moaning about like them. So um, Parkinson's was not on the cards, but it was. But for me, Parkinson's was, okay, um, a big deal. But when I was, one, one of our children died, most of you won't, some of you won't know, but our second child, um, she was um, stillborn. So, you know, Parkinson's, not, not really my biggest problem at all. Um, and um, so, you know, Parkinson's was a big deal, but um, I thought, you know what, um, I, I quite sort of hung on to what my husband said. And he said, um, when I, you, like net, like, oh, I'm have to go get to get back to work. I was running my own company. I was doing copywriting for big firms, like big banks and this, that, and big health firms, health organizations. And then I said, oh no, I can't go to this client tomorrow. I just can't because I just had to diagnose Parkinson's. And then my husband said, okay, um, so um, what is it you cannot do today? Would you? were able to do yesterday what is the difference um i said well um um i can still do the same same things uh, so he said well get dressed get yourself a new dress or whatever you like to wear and go and see your client and do what you have to do yeah but yeah but yeah but and he said well <laughs> just go 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 get him and um, that sort of helped. And um, it also helped that, you know, small, small things that turn out really big is when your daughter says, she was only 14 or so, she said, um, I was upset. And she said, hey, mama, one thing, don't, let, don't make Parkinson's your first thought. Make something else your first thought, something positive. Ha, huh. I like that. I like that. I thought I had a contract with life and it turned out I didn't have a contract <laughs> with life. Uh, I turned out that my turned out that my order of health, um, wonderful husband, wonderful family, healthy kids, um, not losing any of your children, not losing your health. It turned out that that contract um, was in my mind and it wasn't reality. 
So I um, decided that you don't have a contract, so you have to deal and you can deal and you can enjoy with what you've got. My doctor said there's only three things you need to do to live well with Parkinson's. I'm not sure I could really understand this at the time, but it's actually pretty brilliant. You need to um, exercise, exercise, exercise. Take your medicines on time when you take them and keep a positive attitude. And so I said, well, what's this exercise mean? You know, I don't exercise. I, I've had periods of time during my uh, adult life where I did, but this wasn't one of them. And uh, she said, well, you need to get your heart rate up for half hour a day or whatever were their exact words. I don't remember. And so I had a treadmill at home and we bought an elliptical and I did cardio every day before work. And it helped, um, but my symptoms were pretty mild at the time. And so that aha moment built on to uh, everything I read was stress is bad and exercise is good. I got a stressful job. If I work, I won't do more than a little bit of exercise if I'm lucky. So I, I then the big aha moment was I, I need to remove myself from that environment and start on a different path. But I didn't really have a plan. I mean, uh, the uh, it was like November of 2014, I was at a Partners and Partners Parkinson's uh, Symposium in uh, Chicago, and I met a guy named Eric Johnson who uh, runs a company called Movement Revolution. And uh, he said, yeah, I work with people with Parkinson's. You know, I'd love to work with you, but I, I'm a three-hour drive away. And uh, so I kind of put his card in my back pocket and kind of thought on that. And then when I decided to retire February 1, I saw him the very next day. And uh, we started working out twice a, a month where I drive up there the three hours and, and do personal training with them. And that grew into rock steady boxing within a few months later. So it was really a fast path and it looks like I had it all planned out, but man, I didn't, it just kind of fell in place. Like, it, you know, it was like it was destined to happen kind of thing. My story, I was diagnosed in 2012 and I, uh, I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't really, like I said, I, I didn't really handle the, the diagnosis well. I, I made well with the family like I did, continued working. And really, internally, I was very conflicted. Um, I, I didn't trust so much the diagnosis. Um, I knew all the symptoms, and I knew that I was having the symptoms, but I, I, I didn't. There was a lot of you know different terms thrown around back then, and I was very young and stupid, didn't understand a lot of what it was. So I, I didn't. I wasn't convinced fully that I had Parkinson's disease at the time. I took the medications and they helped, which should have told me, you know, right then and there, yeah, yeah this is what you're dealing with. Um, but I, I stayed in like a, a, an internal state of denial for a while, but externally I was, um, was very knowledgeable about Parkinson's disease and I was doing everything that I should have been doing and nobody could tell me any different and things were the way they were and there was nothing that I could do about it. And I lived that way um, until 2016. Um, 2016, uh, I think, was the year that all of the hurricanes were happening down in Texas, um, and there was a lot of flooding, <clears throat> and they had the uh, neighbors with boats and things helping, and I, I, was, I was laying on the couch terrified, thinking, what if that happened here, and I went without my medications for a period of time, and as a dad, you know, with two little ones and a wife, I'm thinking, what am I going to do for my family? You know, back to the whole thing that Ned said about the word destined, and and within that same frame of time, within the year, uh, my son got a, a a letter from his school, from a local martial arts school school that they were partnering up and and doing a small program at the school. 
and my son was eight at the time. He's uh, he's just about 13 now. So I, I would take him to the classes, and <clears throat> at that time, I I, I had uh, some freezing, some festination of my steps. I was I was tripping and falling a lot. So I was I was walking with a cane, for, you know, trying to use as an external cue uh, to get myself moving, and it was awkward socially because I, I could move around fairly well but every once in a while I would have issues so people would see me just kind of carrying the cane sometimes and and then sometimes I'd be walking with so there was a lot of uh, um, judgment I guess is the easiest word to put for uh, towards me from from other people that, uh, that just didn't really understand what was going on but the, the instructors uh, luckily did kind of have have a clue about Parkinson's disease it, it um, as it turned out it had worked with somebody in the past and knew that there was some benefit that could be had from martial arts in general and um, they would invite me you know to join them and I kind of laughed for the first few visits and then there was a class where they needed somebody to hold um, a kick pad and let let all the students kick it while they gave instruction so I leaned my cane against the wall and walked out and I did it and I, while I was doing it I I I, it, in the moment, I didn't notice, but afterwards, when I went back to get my cane, I, was, I just looked at it and I, I had that that aha moment again. It's like I don't need this damn thing. Like I I I think I can, I think I can do this, you know. And um, <clears throat> as fate was hap would have it, uh, the 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 school, the karate school that we were involved with was from the next town over, but they opened another school in our town um, because there were so many kids involved in the program and. My son and I were the first two to sign up. We, we were right at their door ready to sign up. And within about three months of me actually joining my son as a student and going through the different um, basic forms and uh, basic actions and, and really just simple movements, um, uh, white belt level martial arts, within about three, three months, I really actually didn't need the cane anymore. I, I had developed some... Uh, internally motivated external cues now that, now that I know what that is uh, from Darby um, <laughs> and uh, I began you know being able to to work through those things on my own without needing any of those cues um, and beyond beyond that my uh, I, I had been so stagnant over those years that I, I had actually experienced atrophy um, my shoulders had atrophied, my, my ankles, my hips, my knees. So in, in a very short period of time after starting, because I, I was going, you know, four times a week to, to four classes each night and just <laughs> dr drilling these things. So within about three months, I, my, my ankles were stronger, my knees were stronger, my hips were stronger. Um, my posture was beginning to improve. I had really poor posture, forward head posture, rolled shoulders. Um, and all of those things that you know, I, I, it hit me that I should have been doing these things all along. If I would have, if I would have hit the hit hit the road running in 2012, holy crap, I, I I would be, you know, so much further right now. And that that's that it's not regret necessarily because I feel like I am right where I need to be. But that's what push pushes me to be here with you guys. You know, is because I realized that I could have done so much different. And there's so many other people that are just now starting this journey and feeling those same things that I went through. And, you know, am I, am I some special person that's got knowledge, you know, galore to share? No, I've got a very simple story. It's simple. It's so simple that anybody can, can really do it as long as they can motivate themselves to, to get over the hump, you know, to get 
past that three months that I'm talking about of really hard work to where it starts to smooth out a little bit, you know, where I am now is, uh, it's been four years now about, uh, since I started the karate, um, I've improved, uh, steadily along the way to the point where, uh, I, uh, mo most of my day, as long as I'm not talking like in a conversation with you guys, most, most of my day, people probably have a hard time realizing that I even have Parkinson's disease anymore. Um, and when I, a lot of times when I, when it gets brought up in conversation, I can see the surprise on the people's face and it's cool. It's cool to me because my family remembers where I was, you know, and, and, um, that, that's where I come from when I'm trying to tell people that there is hope. It's like, not, not only is there hope and it's not, it's not just something, uh, some pie in the sky thing that I, I believe in, you know, it's something I've experienced and, uh, you know, that's why I'm here with you guys is to try and learn, learn more and, and be able to actually implement some of the change that's happened in my life and other people's lives, which even, even at Black Belt, there's so much more to learn. So it's, it's, uh, when, when, when I got, got the message from, from Ned and I started looking into your videos and whatnot, and I realized what it was that you were doing. I saw so many similarities. I got super excited because you are like it, back to the word destined you are the the other half of the puzzle for me because i've done all these things like i've moved through the physical steps of doing them and i intrinsically understand them but how on earth can i articulate that to somebody else i can't without you teaching me all these things that i'm learning from you so my time with you has been m m more valuable in in just understanding how i how how, how all these things happen for me you know and and more more so than just giving me understanding, you're giving me validity along the way because it's 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 it was a really hard thing for me to actually step out into public and say this is my story because it's it's something that there is not research on. There's not um, I'm in I'm in that realm of unknown, you know, and people don't believe the unknown, unfortunately. Uh, so to be partnered up now with you with somebody who is not is, is is walking through the unknown and 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 articulating it for us and telling us this is this is what I think is going on, you know. Acceptance seems to be the key to me. I you know everything you're talking about doing, Nate, and trying to help others is exactly why I'm trying to do a lot of the things I'm trying to do because I, I always say I don't want anybody else to feel like I fell. And if there's anything I can do, but to me, I think before anybody can really make that transformation, they have to accept. The Parkinson's and that doesn't mean just not deny it anymore, but actually accept it. And I'm curious, you know, you talked about going to see the MDS and kind of starting over. Do you think you had accepted the disease by that point or were you still kind of not there? And I, I, like I said, I faked really well the acceptance for, for those years, but no, until, until I separated myself from all the medications, I, I really was not sure what was side effects, what was real symptoms, what, what, what actually was going on. So that when, once I got to the, to the doctor and, and he gave me another full evaluation and I, and I shared with him, I, I kind of said, Hey, you know, do you think that this could be something different? You know, and he, he, he was holding my chart at that point, which was, you know, this thick, huge, he, and he, he looked at it and he looked at me and just chuckled and he goes, no, Nate, no. Yeah. He's like, you're just doing it right now. You're just doing it right. And, you know, that was, that was my aha moment as far as acceptance. I, I realized in that moment that, you know, 
I just needed to let go. It's a little bit mixed together, but I think acceptance almost has to lead it. You can be like Nate, I'll put words into Nate's mouth. He was kind of just going through the motions and doing the right things, but he couldn't really reap the benefits of that until he had accepted what he was, why he was doing it. And, and it's kind of a, uh, it's a little kind of touchy feely for an accountant like me, you know, everything's got, a, you know, an answer and there's lines and columns and, but, you know, this is your mental health has to be at a point to be able to um, uh, deal with the, uh, the, the outcomes that you're, you're trying to, uh, to achieve. And I, I don't, I don't, I didn't say that very succinctly, but I, I was trying not to use the word accept in the middle of the sentence since I was defining acceptance. So um, it, it's a, it's a weird thing. I wish I could distill it into a sentence because it, it, it's so complicated, but if you don't ever fully accept the diagnosis or whatever caused the disorientation in your, in your life, I don't think you can break through it. Your learning won't ever be solid because you're constantly distracted by this thing that's in the back of your head just saying you've got parkinson's and it sucks you've got parkinson's and it sucks and you have to break through that one or two years into diagnosis i met somebody in a super talked to a friend in a supermarket and she said well i've got parkinson's and then she said that's so not you that's just so not you and i said no that's true that's so not me acceptance is not um it's not i don't have to accept things um and i don't have to um um give things we, we say in dutch uh, to let go or to, to give something a place in your life and she said well, forget about giving the death of your child a place or any misery a place she said, all you have to do, which is a lot, but all you have to do is be brave, embark upon the journey, even though you don't know where you're going, what for, but acceptance is of another. It, um, um, forget about, for me, forget about acceptance. Um, I'm embarking upon the journey and I'm not refusing to go to embark on the journey. So I got to, became familiar with boxing, Rock City Boxing, and I thought, I really like this. It was nothing like, it wasn't destination, it wasn't a plan, I just liked it. And my neurologist had told me in the first or second meeting appointment, if you want to be able to walk in 20 years time, somewhere reasonably able to walk, you have to start exercising. And I thought, okay then, so I did the elliptical, a cross trainer, what, what not. Then I had the boxing and I thought, now I like boxing. I like, I just like it. I thought, you know what, we're going to do this in our own village. So I tried to set it up, tried to get people to like gym clubs and, and owners to, to, to do this rock city boxing uh, training. They wouldn't, it's too complicated. It was English, they speak English, ah, too expensive. And I thought, well, if you don't do it, I've got to do it. So we did. And I said, well, but it's expensive. And my husband said, look, well, a few thousand euros, go for it. So I got two friends and we said, we're going to do it. And there wasn't a big why. I just knew I wanted it. 
for me, the most important is what you taught me, um, Darby. We don't want to fall. We don't want to break our legs and then break our lives. I'm trying to help you. And if you don't want to, fair enough. But you have to make this choice that you're here to have a good time, but mostly you're here to um, uh, train, be your own trainer and see what you're doing and to, to have, the, have the, to be able to face yourself in the mirror, to face Parkinson's, to face yourself in the mirror and acceptance or not acceptance. This is the way, this is for me, uh, if you want to embark upon this Parkinson's journey, I mean, there's only one way and that's, a, yeah, you have to work. It's, it's, it's not free. Your health is not free anymore. Not to gain, but to, 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 to um, minimize your loss. That's tough, but that's the situation. It's not only gain, it's not like, oh, I'm really wonderful. I'm going to have this, that, and the other. No, my, my gain is um, minimizing my loss. So there we go. Fun, fun, fun is important because otherwise people won't stick to it. But our group, um, our group of uh, boxers, is, of sporters is now maybe only 14 or 15 people. They're all quite, quite, I shouldn't be saying this, it's, it's like maybe not fair, but they're all quite smart people. Seems like people with Parkinson's are all engineers or accountants or, you know, very uh, structured people, very driven people, very intelligent people. You know, why, why is that? She said, no, you're seeing those people because yeah. they're driven, because they're, you know, you're seeing this little slice of the community because they're going to go search you out. And yeah, so it, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know how to get to the other 70 to 80% of the people because they don't want to hear what we have to say. There, there comes a point where you have to lose your ego. Like you have to just let it go. I mean, you, of course you have to keep a little bit of it, but you, you, you got to get your ego out of the way. And like you just said, like, what, why do I need that? You know, uh, it, it's, it's hard to get, get to somebody that you have some, some knowledge that might help them. You know, I, that's coming from a person who was in that mind frame for years. Like I didn't think anybody was going to have something more than what I already knew. I was, I was cocky, arrogant, egotistical until I really left, left that side of me behind. I wouldn't have never reached the point of awareness, like what you're saying, you know, that people who are successful, you know, in the, in the corporate world, have a lot of the same uh, coaches in their lives that athletes have. They have they have people around, you know, that are motivating them, mentoring them. Um, then you get somebody who hasn't been in that situation, who was never on a uh, on a sports team when they were a kid, where a coach was constantly critiquing them, telling them, <clears throat> you know, criticizing them, but but in a way that they can accept it and then make changes in their life. Then then all of a sudden, you know, they're they're an adult and um, they've never been in the corporate world where they're they're forced to hear criticisms, make changes on the fly things of that nature, or they haven't been an athlete, it, it comes off um, off-putting a little bit, makes them nervous, makes them anxious, and, and that, that manifests into, into more struggle with what, what they're trying to do. And, it, and then, then we're trying to communicate it from a point of understanding that other side of it, where we've, we've got all those tools trying to explain it to somebody who's never experienced it. You're literally speaking a different language to these people, I think. Um, uh... Um, one, one, one hand, you, you, uh, you, you can set an example like, like we're doing with our group, by our sports club, by people with Parkinson's, for people with Parkinson's that might inspire people. 
then at the other hand, I think, you know what, if, if I can only help one, two, three, maybe 10 people, then, um, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'd, I'd be really happy. I think maybe even for me, certainly for most of the people I've worked with, we start out exercising and we become training over time. It's an evolution that is almost necessary because I would say the vast majority, if not almost all of the people that I work with haven't been exercising before they come in the door. And so you almost have to build up the discipline of exercising and moving as a way of, um, as a way of life before you get into, now let's talk about the fine aspects of why we're doing what we're doing and how you can use it to help you better your daily life. So I, I, I think when you ask me this question, I think of what, what do I see in just people in general when I'm working with them in the karate school? And I see people who come in each day and they just go through the motions. They, they show up and they get in their exercise for the day. And then I see people who are there to train, okay? The people who are there to train improve. They, they're there with purpose um, and they're, they're there, um, they have that reason present in their mind as they're exercising. Um, there's, a, there's a defined goal that they're heading towards. Um, and I like what you said about um, autonomy. Um, I think that it, in including that in, in even something as rigid as a karate structure, if you can get somebody to move in a way that, that works for them, you know, figure out that, that lane that they can travel in and, and get to a good destination, then they can stay self-motivated because they don't have to seek out somebody else who's going to give them that direction. They, they, they've got the general sense and, and they can use that autonomy. Like you said, they can, they can just continue on with their training. So, um, what, what exercise means is exercise means keeping busy. So maybe exercise first training is like reading versus studying, probably. That sort of thing. Because exercise is... A, when you read, you read for fun, or you read to read, or you read. I like I like reading because I like reading. I like letters, full stop. So I like reading, and training is towards a goal. That's one thing. But I know when people come come in our class, the more tangible things become that you lose, the more more visible for you, for yourself. The things that you lose, the more focused you are, frustrated and focused, you are very close together. Frustrated needs to be switched into, trans, transferred, transformed into focusing on regaining what you lost, but also realizing that you may not be able to regain everything. So you have to set your standard a bit lower. My Olympic standard is not the Olympic standard, it's my personal Olympic standard. So it's relevant for me because I'm actually in the middle of it right now personally. I've been very fortunate. I've not had any real issues with balance or feeling any diminished level of ability. I'm starting to feel that now and it's interesting to go through that for yourself now after you've kind of coached some other people through it, not having known what it really felt like. And I find myself um, struggling a bit with um changing my motivation if that makes sense and um, it, it's it's I wish I could articulate it better because it, it's not really well founded in my brain yet hey I'm, I'm kind of thinking through it as I go um, 
but it's a, it's a wake up call for me because, um, like I said, I've been fortunate. I, I certainly had my challenges. I'm not saying I've been challenge free from for the years with Parkinson's, but this balance challenge is, is a little humbling and it's uh, caught me off guard. Um, uh, I apologize. I don't have better words for it than that. I can relate to that. I, I definitely can. Um, it's, uh, it's like you have to tell somebody, I'm exaggerating, you're going to be okay if you do this, that, and the other. While you know from your own experience, you're not going to be okay. And that's the thing. You can, you can work, you can train your socks off and everything, and you can tell somebody else to do so. While you know you recognize struggle in somebody else's eyes, you think, ah, you're going to the same struggle. Who am I to tell you, you know, to do this and to do that, and you'll be a, you'll, well, you won't maybe not be okay, but you'll be better, or you'll be able to do this or prevent that. While deep down, you know, you there is somewhere deep down some desperate desperate me thinking you know i can do whatever i want to do but i'm going to lose this this game anyway in a way one of the things i always tell people is parkinson's tries to take control away from you and what you can do to try and maintain control as long as possible is what you know i i'm personally motivated to do where it's a little bit of a change for me is because of you know how, how my progression has gone there was virtually nothing i couldn't do I may not be able to do it as well as somebody else, but I could pretty much do everything. And that kind of held a motivational factor for the people that were taking class with me or from me. Mm -hmm. And now that I have become uh, um, humbled or humanized at some level, I can see mm -hmm. this look of fear in mm -hmm. people's eyes. Oh, it's happening to Ned. It's going to happen to me now is the fear I, I'm trying to, to, to manage myself through so I don't project um, that um, defeatist viewpoint onto people. Mm. It's, an, it's an evolution of acceptance. I, I'm in a new acceptance journey right now. You know, I was so happy with where I was at with the idea of Parkinson's in my life. And now it's thrown me a little bit of a curveball. And, and I'm, I'm trying to have to reevaluate you know, what acceptance means, because I'm going to have to accept some uh, continual decline in my physical abilities that I thought I had accepted. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to you guys, and this is all serious, serious stuff. But for a lot of people, you know, the, the time that they spend with us is like, that's their social socialization for the for their week, you know, and they look forward to it. They, I, I think that that's the one of the biggest things that we can include here is just beyond the training, beyond the exercise. And this, this is just my input. I, like I said, I was, I don't have a whole lot to say on the topic, but beyond the exercise, beyond the training, cr creating friendships, creating, uh, I guess, bri bridging gaps, because there's, there's so much isolation. We've got a whole community, but each one of us is in our own little isolated symptom set and everything else, socioeconomic status, everything is so different for each individual person. The br bridging those gaps and just getting together to do the exercising and the training takes us out of that mindset for a little bit sometimes. And yeah, we'll see Ned a little bit more symptomatic. It might cross our minds, but holy moly, most of those people are gonna be there just so happy that they're actually out doing something. I think Nate mentioned people don't wanna hear about your Parkinson's. 
in some level. And it ties back to a very good piece of advice I got before I took my first overseas assignment. Um, guy who had been overseas said, you're not going to realize this, but you're changing as a result of this evolution and experience. And the thing you're going to want to do is share it with everybody. And nobody wants to hear about it. And that is a really hard thing to realize. That is, it's boring for people that can't relate to it. And it's the thing that is most forefront in your life. And you've got to balance how much you share with people about that experience. And I think I'd never thought about it that way before. But I think Parkinson's is a lot like that. You know, I've changed tremendously in the last eight years. Some of it I'm aware of, some of it I'm not aware of. And there's a limited number of people who really want to hear about it. Listening is so important because as soon as somebody starts talking about their challenge, you immediately, human reaction is, how do I yeah. react to that? Well, here, here was my challenge. And I find myself not listening to the last part of their sentence. And maybe that was the most important part. How do you compartmentalize your symptoms and your disease versus the people that you're coaching? And, you know, the unique thing that, that the three of us will experience that Darby, hopefully you'll never experience is that, you know, I may become like this person I'm training and how do I not think about that? How do, how do I keep my symptoms separate and not look at them and go, oh my gosh, that's going to be me in 10 years. And that's a unique skill set that, you know, I, I don't think a lot of coaches have to deal with. I guess that's that's my takeaway from this whole conversation is to be tempered, you know, to to not assume that I I I I get it as far as what what my my clients dealing with, and and that maybe I should actually try and and, and separate the whole Parkinson's from it on my end, you know, to be a better trainer because I think that we could actually end up taking away from our clients um, by trying to. Uh, relate too much because then it becomes clouded with our our own symptoms transformative learning um destination but it, for me it's the other way around as well it's not um that i'm doing all this training because it's good for me um and for the people i'm training but it's also like um a stepping stone for the future like oh i've got this examination to do i've got this karate class to, to do it's like you build you build um, a small little future for yourself in, in a weird way parkinson's kind of uh saved, saved me a little bit you know it's having something to look forward to having something to despite the uncertainty despite whatever is going to knock you down from all sides <laughs> i have these stepping stones so for me learning is living and living is learning so maybe that's another way to look at it in a sense, our Parkinson's makes us better at everything else in life because it, for it forces us to be that way. Rising up, back on the street, did my time, took my chances, went the distance, now I'm back on my feet, just a man and his will to survive, too many times it happens too fast. Trade your passion for glory Don't lose your grip on the dreams of the past You must fight just to keep them alive It's the eye of the tiger It's the thrill of the fight Rising up to the challenge of our rival And the last known survivor stalks his prey in the night 
and he's watching us all with the eye of the tiger. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Motivation Station. Join us next time as we explore the effect Parkinson's has on real people. If you are interested in how our training could help you, visit MotivationFoundation.org. Again, MotivationFoundation.org.